The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. Whereas come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who are born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of as a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he who, of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has been made known to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So as I uh, mentioned earlier today, we are starting a series on the 180-day Bible reading challenge. And we had a great discussion this morning um, just about what we have read to this point. Now, just for me, out of curiosity, how many of you have taken up the challenge? A couple? Who have started and maybe fallen a little behind? Um, good. Well, it, and I understand that, you know, some of us maybe have had high hopes of really starting and going all for it. And then it just becomes uh, a little overwhelming and you get behind. and You're like, I'm never going to get caught up. But trust me, you'll get caught up. And if you haven't started and you would like to start uh, now is a great time to do it. So each week I'm going to be taking a little portion of uh, what we are reading and talking about it. And today is is the power of the Word of God. Now, I know that it might just be a little strange to think, well, why are we focusing on the Word of God if each and every Sunday we focus on the Word of God? But this fall, we are going through the Bible from beginning to the end and just getting that overview of our faith, the stories that are uh, close to our hearts as a Christian community. The thing that draws me into this 180-day Bible reading challenge is that it, it brings me back to Scripture and how powerful Scripture can be in our life. And just reading day after day, that, that continuous practice of, of 30 minutes of Bible reading every day, it, it starts to change us, change us in a positive way. Unlike any other reading we may do, 
You know, no poem, no book, no song has ever changed my life the way that Scripture has. And partly, I think that's true because the Word of God was here before anything else. Before there was creation, before there was atoms and matter, before there was life and light, before there were stars or oceans or seas or creatures, before anything else, there was the Word of God. And one of the reasons why it became first is because God was ever-present. God was here. And in the beginning, God, before God created anything else, God created the Word. And that Word came into life, into being, as Jesus. And as we have started the, the Bible reading challenge, we have read the first four books of the Bible. We've read about creation. We've read about Noah's Ark. We've read about uh, Moses and his birth and until he goes and, and stands in front of Pharaoh and says, free my people. We've read about the laws and how God ordered the counting of people, a census, and the 12 tribes of Israel. And many, many, many more stories just in the first four books of the Bible. And one of the things that when we read about the Old Testament, I think is always in the back of our mind as Christians, but we don't explicitly read it within the, the, the Old Testament in, a, in, a, uh, in another sense, is this idea of the presence of Jesus. And we have this picture of Jesus hanging in our church. I think most every church I've ever been to has this picture of Jesus. And one of the interesting things is that it's a simple picture, right? Um, it's, some people might think it's a nice picture, that it's a, a, of Jesus who, who is looking sentimental and sweet. Maybe it could be a yearbook picture in a high school yearbook. I don't know. But when you look at this picture, you don't think of the Jesus who challenges the Pharisees, right? You don't think of the, the Jesus who made the sacrifice on the cross for us. And if we were completely honest, I don't think Jesus really looked anything like this, but that's probably another topic for another day. But another thing this picture doesn't address is that Jesus was around here even before creation, even before the world began. The Bible teaches us that before the world began, Jesus was there. Jesus was the Word of God, the mind of God, the brilliance of God. The Word of God that became flesh. Now that's an interesting phrase, right? Became flesh. Now, when the Bible talks about the Word becoming flesh, it might not mean literally just like skin, but when the Bible talks about flesh, it refers to the, the whole self. It refers to our mind, our body, and our spirit. In, in both Greek and Hebrew, the human body, when the human body is talked about, is talked about in three parts. The body, mind, and spirit. And that's who we still are today. 
So that when the Bible talks about the Word becoming flesh, the Word becomes part of our body, mind, and spirit, our full being. And this is important because God chose to come down to be with us, to live with us, to experience the things that we experience. God did not remain up in heaven looking down upon us and seeing how the earth was, had the, the joyous times, but how some people were suffering and God just didn't say, well, that's too bad for them, but I'm going to stay up here. God came down to this earth to live like us, to be like us, to connect with us, to experience joys the way that we experience joy and to suffer the way that we suffer. This is precisely why the word of God is so powerful, why the word of God completely changes us when we immerse ourselves in it. We learn the story of creation, the story of our ancestors of faith, and it also becomes part of our own faith story. So our story, when we begin with the Bible, begins in Genesis, right? And I thought it was good for us to sit and to sit with that and to really know where we are, where we have come from. And then when we read the beginning of the Gospel of John, it's like a new creation story. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh. And when Martin Luther talked about this text, he said, if you truly believe, if you truly believe that the Word became flesh, that the logic of the universe became human being, the Word of God became a human being, that is powerful enough to drive the demons and the devil away from you. Luther went on to say that God chose to become human being and not an angel. And that made some other angels jealous because God did not choose to be an angel. Luther said that the angels became jealous because human beings were selected to be the incarnation of God. Luther went on to say that when God took on flesh, the flesh of a human being, that it proves God is pleased with us, that God has favor towards us, that God knows how we feel, experience, and believe, that God understands us completely. This is how much God loves us, that God is willing to become one of us, God is willing to risk everything. So the question that's before us in the Gospel of John, the question that I ask you this morning is, how is God present in your life today? Where do you find God moving in your life? And when you sit down with Scripture and read the stories, the creation story, Noah's Ark, the, the basket that carried Moses down the river, the Ten Commandments, the Israelites wandering in the desert, do you find God in those stories? Yes, God is present in those things, but God is present in your story and in my story as well. 
And this is good news because not only does the word of God come to us, but in the Gospel of John, it also says that that word is full of grace and truth. Grace is a gift freely given to us by God. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to be so faithful if we miss something in our faith life, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's coming to church some Sunday, you know, we, over and over again, we can see that we do not deserve the love and the grace of God. But this is a gift giving to, uh, given to us so that we can connect with God, connect with each other, connect as a community of faith. Because each week when we come together as a community of faith, when we sing together and pray together, when we read scripture together, when we have the meal together, the body and blood of Christ, it brings us together and we receive the gift of everlasting life. We receive the grace of God given to us throughout all scripture. So that this week when I go back and I sit down and I open my Bible and I say, yes, I have to read the next day's lesson, it's not going to be a chore for me. It's not going to be something that I'm dreading, but it's going to be a joy because I get to interact with my faith. I get to interact with God. And I'm excited because I know that when I am done, that I am going to be changed. I am going to be I'm going to be feeling something inside of me. I'm going to experience something inside of me that I know that I will never be able to experience again because Scripture is opening my heart to the possibilities of God's grace in my life. I'm encountering God in those pages. And I know that God has a plan for me. God has a plan for you and this church. That plan begins with transformation. And it will change everything forever. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name. Amen.